All right, welcome into another edition of Silver Linings Podcast. I'm Adam, uh, and always with me is Grunkle Uncle Rex. Um, we're this is going to be a different podcast for us. Um, we're going to talk about the book that we wrote, and the audio book just came out. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about behind the scenes things that went into writing the book, why we wrote the book, um, some things that maybe we left out of the book. Uh, so this is kind of like a behind the scenes and a lot about, you know, most of you that have ordered the book or read the book or listened to it. Um, a lot of you have some really positive things to say about it, which we do appreciate that. But again, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, people that helped us do this. So we're going to get into all that um, because we're pretty excited about the book. Um, therapeutically speaking, for me, um, it's it. I think it was as much as Rex's four therapists that have helped him. For me, just writing the book, we got the same results. I'm going to guess, uh, but yeah, writing could be very therapeutic. And this book did help me uh, heal to uh, some point of writing it. So, um, Rex, let's start. Um, where do we want to start with? Well, I'd like to share something before we get into the book because someone posted it on. Uh, today on the Facebook site. So let me show it, and then I'll read read what it is. Our community, by the way, there's so many great posts like this on there. So if you if you know somebody could could use some good positive things, have them join the Facebook group. It's amazing. This is from Chris Mobley Locker, and it's so beautiful. It shows a little princess just kneeling down praying, saying, Oh, God, help me to believe the truth about myself, no matter how beautiful it is. Yeah. And that just went a different direction than I thought when it started. And it's so beautiful and so appropriate for so many of the of our optimists that are in the group. And uh, what, what brilliant light we have amongst the people in the group. And I, I hope everyone can realize and accept the truth of how beautiful they are and i also think this goes along with uh something that you and i were talking about uh earlier today about being positive and our podcast is about positive it's about you know looking for good it's about finding some healing things that have you know on the bad things that have happened to us in life and um we all have so many great things qualities about us that sometimes we just we throw away or we don't recognize because we are focusing on all of our faults and the things we want to get better at. So I think when we take those moments and those times, like, you know what? I did something really good today, or I feel really good about myself because of this. Those things have to happen in your life. I mean, so those, that post, that's that's really important for a lot of people. It is. And so to say that, I'll say we feel really good about the book, about the product. We could have been much better offers. authors. Thank you again, Many Realms Media, Jane and Aiden, especially doing that all the editing to make us sound a lot better than we <laughs> than we did. did. Read a lot better than we did. Um, I don't thank Ken Spence enough. He gave us permission to include his timeline in the book. He did such an excellent job with it. Thank you once again, Ken. And I know in the audio version, we talked a little bit about Kaylee, uh, my daughter, Kaylee Binish. We want to thank her again for the cover, that beautiful tribute she did, not for the book. She did a 
just very quietly, very personally for Colby, one of the living victims who lost so much, and she made a wood burning for him of Tylee and JJ as the cover of the book. Um, Colby was in it too originally. We couldn't get permission from him. We couldn't get in touch with him back at the time. And so we didn't have him on the cover, but in that wood burning, but Kaylee did that cover. It's just beautiful. We're grateful for that. But if y'all remember the reason we, for which we wrote the book that we've told you a few times, initially the idea Adam and I were talking, um, I believe, at my house, but the idea was Adam was writing the book. I had just come back from the trial, from the three days I spent the trial with my daughters, and we were talking about that experience, and Adam was writing down some of his thoughts about just trying to work through and process what was going on. And I, I sensed that just that writing process was benefiting him. And I thought, is there anything we can do to accelerate that or to amplify that for the healing benefit? And since I had just published a book and I thought, you know, the book I published was life mission stuff for me and the topics in there were life mission. I thought, well, this is similarly life mission stuff for Adam, why don't we combine our efforts? And we started talking about that and and uh, decided to write the book. And thank heavens, it's been so helpful for me. Adam, so many people have commented on you, how much all of this, the podcast, the book has helped you and how they contrast you today from you at the beginning. Tremendous help for both of us. You know, I you know, I hear that a lot too, and I haven't even gone back to watch any of our podcasts yet. So, um, I, I I may go back and watch the very first one just to see where I was and how I was. Uh, maybe the first two or three podcasts that we did, just to see if I can see the difference that everybody keeps talking about. So, um, but yeah, so when I was at Rex's house, and Rex was like my go-to during this whole thing because obviously my family and I weren't talking. Um, and you know, when Rex wrote his book and he talked about, you know, your conscience and he talked about some of the things that natural laws and things like that, I, I figured that what Lori and Chad did and they didn't follow, you know, whatever they followed, it wasn't, you know, what, what we thought it was. And anyways, all those things together made sense to me that if we added a little bit of, you know, perspective of what happened, and then our experience of what happened, that it may affect other people. And my my biggest mission for writing the book was to help other families that have gone into a situation where they stop communicating. Because I think once you stop communicating with family members, then um, things get, you know, slipped through the cracks and somebody thinks this and somebody thinks that without ever talking about it or finding out the truth. Let's dig deep. Let's find out. If somebody says this about me, let's prove it wrong. Let's, you know, whatever it is. So one of the biggest reasons I wanted to write the book was to help other families that may go through, I know nobody's probably going to go anything, go through what, what we went through, but if there's anything even close to that, um, to help keep the communication open, the other part of it was writing really helps me. 
Um, I went through a lot of stuff in my life with um, radio and I was at the highest of highs and I had the lowest of lows. And I think writing about it really gave me, because I needed to let that out um, and writing a book about that really helped me. So right when all this stuff started, when Charles was killed and all that stuff and um, the feelings that I had were just, oh, that was probably the worst part of it. And I don't even know if I even captured writing in this book about how I felt after Charles was killed, um, me trying to tell my family that Lori and Alex killed him, uh, murdered him, and them believing Lori. I mean, it, that was probably the darkest time of my life of, you know, just being cut off from a family that I've been and loved and enjoyed and had the best relationship with. Um, going through that by myself. And then when the kids were missing, I knew that the kids were dead. I just felt it. And everybody else believing that they were still alive. I felt so alone that I was the only one that I didn't really have anybody to talk to because I couldn't prove it. Um, And still there's, and again, with timelines, everything is so mixed together with timelines. That's why I'm glad that somebody did do the timelines because as I'm, as I'm telling stories, I'm a, I, I was a storyteller for a, a career in radio that I, I think with trying to tell this story in this book, timelines to me were all mixed together. Like I couldn't even tell you, be, maybe because of the shock and, and all the things that came at me all at once. I really don't know this happened before this happened or whatever happened. I was trying to capture my emotions. And trying to write your emotions down on paper so can be difficult. And hopefully, in the book, I did an okay job of trying to express that. Um, and I'm, I'm sure I could have done better. Well, you know, something else occurred to me, and I haven't said this to you before, Adam. During that time, I was very blessed to have three of my daughters and my wife that would process with me. I need to process through something like this. And they were willing to do it. It helped them to process also. Now, my wife and I stayed away from some information. She didn't get engaged in some areas, but my daughters would. You didn't have that. Yes, you had me. And there are often times, this is the part I hadn't told you, there there are many times I wish I could talk with you more And it wasn't that we were too busy. It's just that um, I didn't want to impose and call you every day like I would with my daughters and say, did you hear this? Let's talk this through. So every time we got together, but it wasn't daily, but every time we got together, it was so beneficial to talk with you because we saw things the same way. And just to get that validation from each other was so helpful for me. that was part of it. But again, those were those were too far between for you to get the same benefit that I got out of all the process. What I did appreciate when I did come to your house, we spent two or three hours sometimes, sometimes four hours sitting on the couch just going over everything. And yeah. so that that we the time was spent well when we were together. So that that part I did appreciate. And then again, maybe I maybe I was you know, off-putting to to you or other people about about it. Maybe maybe you felt like, oh, he doesn't want to talk about this because he's not talking to anybody about it. Maybe I just held everything in. 
But I remember the A&E, when A&E came out and they wanted to do um, the first documentary and the lady with the, at the A&E, and I told her, I was like, I'm writing a book. And she's like, you need to write down everything you feel right now, because three years from now or two years from now, you're not going to remember any of those feelings. So originally in the first book that I was going to write for this, um, I wrote down a bunch of stuff. Um, and then I even had Zach write down a bunch of stuff and Zach did a whole chapter or two chapters. And one day, like I said, I hope that he would want to release those because I feel like, oh my gosh, you know, it, those chapters, his his writing was way better than mine. And the things that he experienced were different than what I did because he lived with Lori and Charles for a long time. Um, so Maybe if there isn't, you know, people are like, you guys got to do another book. If there is ever another book, which Rex and I are very highly doubting that there will be, um, maybe we can get Zach to um, agree to put his chapters that he wrote in uh, about it, because I think it would be good. But going back to... Maybe there can be a Zach book, and you and I maybe throw in a chapter or two in there. Yeah. I I mean, seriously. Because he is such a good writer. It's amazing. But... You know, we had a guest on um, and talking about things that happen in life, and they're not just coincidence. They're they're things that you know could be, you know, they look sound like a coincidence or something, but they're meant to be, or it's, something had to happen. So when Rex and I were uh, talking about writing this book and doing a podcast, so we went to do ten podcasts just just to get information from people. What do you want from this book? Because well, I already had a bunch of stuff I was already written and stuff that I wanted to write more. And Rex had his ideas of what he wanted to write. We just didn't know how to how to put it all together to make a book. Um, and then uh, one of the optimists, Jane, sent us a message saying, hey, I own a, a publishing company and I, I think I could help you publish your book. It was like that light bulb went off with Rex and I. We were like, oh my gosh, this... Because we were just two weeks into it, and we just mentioned it, two or three weeks into it, and that happened. And we were like, okay, this is perfect for us. And so, again, coincidence, whatever you want to call it, it was, it was for Rex and I, it was a godsend for us to, to be with Jane and, and, her, and her staff and, and have them publish our book and do our audio book and all that stuff. So, like Rex said, we want to give them a, book, a big shout out for helping us with this whole process of what we have to do with books. And we didn't talk about, uh, well, it's time to talk about the podcast also, because when we, very early when we said, let's write a book, we said, well, we could do a podcast, get some family information out there because there wasn't a family perspective from our family, at least a perspective that we agreed with at the time. And, we said, we can do a podcast and that'll give us the chance to get input, as you mentioned, into what people are looking for, what we might have to offer to people. And we got that input. It was tremendous. And we are very grateful we did. For example, I'll just throw out one example. We had no idea that out there in the true crime world, first of all, we didn't know how huge the true crime world was true crime world is it's huge we didn't know how far and wide this story had traveled we knew obviously is national news but we didn't know what that meant 
And we didn't know how much energy there was about one of the subjects we've talked about a lot, and that was your involvement, Adam, with Charles. And when Charles was murdered, and that next that next couple of days, how much energy that there was around you with that. So this gave us a chance to address it not only in the podcast, but in the book. And now we can stop talking about it and say, well, if you want to hear more on that, read the book. And <laughs> Well, as, as long as we're talking about the podcast, too, as we were doing this podcast, and Rex and I, we've talked about this before, we, we, we decided we're going to do 10 episodes, and we even thought we might even stop at seven. Like, we would get everything that we wanted to get out in, in seven. We expanded it to 10, and after that... Just because of the comments that we received on YouTube, that alone, we were like, oh my gosh, this is something bigger than what we expected. So let's con- we'll just continue. We won't talk much about Lori and Chad for a while, but, we'll, but there's so many other things about healing that we can talk about. And we went down that road. Well, as we're writing the book, some of the comments that you guys wrote, I was like, we have got to put those comments in the book. Because this is going to help somebody somewhere. So at the end of the book, we decided to put some of your optimists, uh, some of your uh, you know comments, and actually put them in the book. Uh, because we thought that, you know, there's so many good points that you guys made that Rex and I never even thought of. So much. And yeah. So that's in the book. Thank you guys for you know, sending those messages and uh, commenting on YouTube, uh, it really helped us add to the book. And this is all at the end of the book. And, you know, we even put some of the troll trollish comments, the not so positive comments in there. So we could say that one of the very gratifying, by the way, another big reason we wrote the book was to once again, thank the army of people that are involved that we didn't know going into it. And that was my experience at the trial, how many people, my eyes were open, opened to how many people have dedicated life energy to finding justice for the victims, especially Tylee, JJ. That's so compelling that these children were cut down early in their life, but also for Charles, for Tammy, for all other victims, living and dead. Brandon. Brandon. It's an, well, Colby. Yeah. It's an army of of people that, that put life's energy into getting getting justice. And there's you're still putting it in. And it occurred to me, the media people and, and all of our optimists and everyone that listens to a podcast and gets engaged in this, we want to thank all of them. So we put those troll comments in. So to give us another chance to say, yeah, we don't like we don't like the rude comments about us. It hurts, but we still feel that they're giving energy to the same cause we are. We all want justice for the victims. They single us out and don't like our our motives, maybe, or what they perceive our motives are in their snap judgments. But we're willing to deal with that because it's energy toward the same cause. So we're just grateful and that the podcast and the book gave us another chance to to express that gratitude. But by far, don't you think the ultimate, not the ultimate, but the biggest silver lining we have realized, Adam, is 
what this what has happened with this community and and just what the result of of this community is in our lives and each other's lives this is miraculous yeah it's like we 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 you and I started this just, you know, to start this book, get information about the book for us to heal. Cause anytime we talk about it or write about it, 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 it helps both of us heal. That's how we decided that we heal better. Um, but with all that being said, it's turned into this huge family. Um, the optimist family is, I mean, everybody has gone through something in their life and we're all relatable to each other because we've all dealt with difficult things in life um and the the people that we've had on the podcast the optimists that we've interviewed and had heard their stories and had tears with everybody this is turning into a family i mean and a lot of us don't have the family that we used to have or um you know so this is actually a turning into oh i can I can, you know, I have a another family that I can go to for advice or help or um, support or whatever it is. So it has completely turned into something that we were not expecting. We love it more than anything because it's it's amazing. And, you know, just reading comments and emails from people saying that, you know, this just having this podcast and this you know, Facebook community and all the things that we're, we're associated with have really helped them heal in their lives. And if that's true, if that is true, and it then, is. And then we, uh, we're we just excited that we can be part of anybody's healing process as you're part of our healing process. Mm-hmm. So um, I like that. The one thing about the book, Rex, that, that I wanted to mention, since the book is out, we have the audio book out. You can get a book on Kindle. You can get the paperback book. Um, is that... At what point, so obviously our whole family is not all in, the, we don't see everything eye to eye with what happened, with how we approach, uh, how we're dealing with um, healing. Um, so with that being said, Rex and I have talked about this on the podcast, you know, some members of our family don't want to be on our podcast. Some don't listen. Some just want to just let, let it go and that's how they want to heal. Well, Rex and I want to heal this way. This is how we heal. That when we're writing the book, what do we leave in and what do we take out? What do we not write? What do we what do we respect? The whole thing, the whole time I'm writing is like, I just want to write the truth. And if somebody in my family gets their feelings hurt because I'm writing the truth, then that's, they're just going to have to deal with it because my feelings were hurt extremely bad for a long time. So in my mind, as I'm writing the book, people are like, well, you can't really say that about your mom or your sister or your dad or whoever. And I was like, well, that's the truth. This is what happened. So I am going to say it. And if they get their feelings hurt, that's too bad. My feelings were hurt too. That's where I think my therapy of writing these things down really helped me um, go further. But at what point, what don't you write? That's... In my mind, I was like, what can I write? What can I write? What? But I just wrote truth. So when you read the book, it's it's all true. So here's where we drew the line, I think, Adam. I'm I'm thinking about this as you're as you're talking. You know, we have the we have opinions like everyone does. And most of the time our opinions aren't any more valid than anyone else that's out there in the true crime world. A lot of times they are less valid because 
we don't study the details like true crimers do. And we admire that in y'all that are true crimers and and all the many true crimers out there. And so uh, they know a lot more details, but um, we do offer a family perspective. And, and I'll give you the example. Um, it was concerning to me, and another reason I'm glad we wrote the book and are doing the podcast, that so many people are trying to find reasons for which Lori would play her part. We aren't ignoring the other people that are also guilty, but we're talking Lori specifically right now. Everyone's looking for a reason that she would turn from what seemed to be, whether you, whatever you believe about her, she seemed to be such a um, positive, good person, turn into a serial killer of her own children. That's just beyond comprehension for all of us, frankly. So we're looking for reasons. And people were looking in her background, and in my opinion, they were ignoring the simple obvious. So I saw it. I I have taken it as people are looking at her background. Was she abused? Was she always like this? Was she did she come evil? You know, and and has always been has she always been evil? Has she been a narcissist? And we just didn't recognize it because we were a family. We didn't want to see it. That's yeah. that's yeah. So there is all of that, and we just don't have that opinion. So this gave us to express uh, the chance to express our opinion, not to say our opinion's right and yours is wrong. We aren't saying that at all. But, um, you know, a lot of people that, that say, well, Adam, you've been, you well, both of us, you know, you've been too close to it. Maybe you just didn't recognize. Yeah, maybe. But I would rather hear the story of someone that lived with Lori every day of her childhood and, and was close to her right up until the time that she turned into a, what she turned into. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather hear that opinion so I can decide which which it is. So we offer the, that opinion out there. I'm of the opinion, again, from my perspective of natural law, that no one, I, I'm very much of the opinion that Nature is such that they don't allow us to pat that nature doesn't allow us to pass responsibility for our decisions and our actions off to some other condition or some other group of people. We are each responsible, and especially for something this incredibly evil of murdering people your own children, discarding them the way they discarded them. Your spouses. Your spouses from an adulterous relationship. There's just You just can't pass that responsibility off, regardless of what happened in your past. And I was a little bit concerned that people were ignoring that and looking for a way to blame something or someone else other than the fact that Lori, Chad, Alex, anyone else that was involved were choosing evil with within them. They're letting their natural selves go unchecked, and they chose to do something evil. So I'm, I think my contribution to it is just to make the case, again, not saying I'm right and anyone else is wrong, but make the case that natural law tells us that you aren't going to blame what her belief system was. 
Okay. Do the influences have a role in this? Definitely. Church influences. Um, trauma. Harry Potter. <laughs> exactly. Everything that has gone into it has an influence. The book, the other book that we all we we talk about all the time that Lori was thinking is the greatest book ever. Yeah, Visions of Glory. We, yeah, those all played a part. But yes. it changes the fact. And I haven't said this because people don't want to hear it. I'm going to say it on this podcast. I love it. I love when you do this. I doubt if I'll say it beyond our community. Yeah. But I've had three different psychologists tell me this, and you know I I, I know some psychologists. You do go through some, yes. <laughs> three different ones told me as I've been trying to to um, process all of this, as everyone does. They said the reason people are so engaged in this horrific story is because all of us want validation that it could never be us, that we could never do that. And then they say, but that assurance isn't there to give, because the truth is everyone has the capacity to do horrible things. And so no one is going to get that validation. So they're looking for reasons for which Lori did it and they would and frankly, the only reason is Lori chose to do evil. And thankfully, all the other people that are wrestling with that haven't chosen to do that. And we hope they never will. Right. And it makes it makes sense. Um, and, you know, coming from a psychiatrist or psych- psychologist or whatever that they dissect that and see that, then you, you the way you say it, it makes sense. I mean, literally, they just made the wrong choices and got caught up in the wrong things, and they decided to do those things um, on a different scale that none of us would ever think that you could do. But yes, I, I get that. The other part about the book, there's a, there's a couple things. One, when you're writing a book, um, there's a part of you that has to think and ponder. And you get to a point where you're writing and you're like, okay, what do I say now after this? And you start, then your brain has to really do some looking back and thinking about certain things. And you get these different emotions that come out of you while you're, while you're doing that. And, and you're just wondering, okay, how do I put that on paper? Um, how I'm feeling right now. And you start thinking about those things. And sometimes that's, that's difficult to do. Um, as I was writing the part of the book about Lori uh, with her second husband, Will, um, and you know she came to Austin, Texas to live with me. She wanted a new start after she divorced Nelson, their first husband, for six weeks or however long they were married. Um, and she went to beauty school and um, she did. She worked really hard. She was working, you know. T- 10, 12 hours a day um, and cutting hair and being a, you know, first she had to be the hair washer and she had to work her way up to be a stylist. So she put in a lot of work um, and she lived with me for a while and then she ended up meeting this guy, Will, and and I told you the story where they showed up at my apartment and he was going to move in with her and pay for groceries. And I was like, that's not happening. Anyways, so they left. But I started thinking about her choices and what she went through. And a lot of people was like, oh, she was 
uh, gold digger and she just wanted to meet the rich guys. The truth of it is Lori worked as hard as anybody I've ever seen. And she um, she made her own money. She made a ton of her own money cutting hair. She was, and everybody loved her and everybody loved her haircut and everybody went to her and she was booked. She was booked from like six in the morning till eight at night. And, you know, Colby be at my mom's house waiting for her to get home when, when this is after she left, you know, the whole wheel situation and moved out on her own. Um, and so with that being said, there was some times I was talking about her relationship with Will and Will had beaten her up when she was pregnant with Colby. And, um, she called me in the middle of the night to go pick her up, even though she knew I was mad at her for being with Will after I told her Will was a loser, get rid of him, you know, cause he had hit her before. And so she didn't know who to call. So she ended up calling me at 12 o'clock at night. And I went to the, um, to the gas station to go pick her up and she was bleeding from her nose and she was pregnant and i was just like you know i was enraged with anger uh about will like i wanted to beat him up that was the the first thing that and i felt so bad for Lori at that point you know one of those moments and when i was reading the audio book i didn't think it was i started reading that part of the book and i just i lost it like the emotions just overcame me that i was like you know, you know, people say, oh, Lori didn't have a hard life. And, and the decisions that she made, you know, whatever decisions you make, your life can be harder on the decisions that you make. And she made life harder for herself, but she didn't have a walk in the park life like a lot of people think she did. Um, so when, when I was writing that part of the book, um, those are the kind of things I'm trying to get across to people because I know people have another um image of who Lori was and what she was so then those are hard to do because a i know you don't want to say oh well Lori was this great person and because everybody hates her now because of what she did and then you don't want to be the ones like well she wasn't that bad or she was a good person or what because people are like oh you're crazy why would you think that this is how she's always been so i'm in the middle of it because i lived it and so I'm, I like to bring up truths in the book. I talk about that because it's true. So, but it's hard sometimes. Like, do I not try to say how good she was or, you know, things that she did that were great? Cause people like think that, you know, I'm, I'm behind her now too. You know what I mean? So though writing this book was a little tricky for me. And emotional. Cause you were, as you said, in the middle of it. Yeah. So some of the things we didn't put in the book were because, not because we're hiding anything in the family, but we still have family relationships to try to repair and to keep from getting worse. And the story isn't over yet, is it? We still have trials to go. There's still family members. There are a lot of questions around. There's a trial for Brandon and there are the Melanie questions. And we've always loved Melanie. And there's people in the family don't align with how she might have been um, involved. And we don't know. We're hoping to find out more from the trials. And so we don't write about a lot of things that we don't know just to stir up additional emotions when we don't know what the, what the outcome is going to be. So, of course, we're mindful as we go through about current family dynamics. 
So we we didn't put all of our thoughts in there. When Adam says he put truth in there, yeah, there's a lot of truth that we found out in the trials or that we felt and turned out to be true. And those are the those are the truths we aren't afraid of putting in there. And but speculation, we've wildly speculated in some areas, but there are areas that we don't want to yet because we want more information before we do. Yeah, I think also in the book, um, you know, people are talking about the part of the book where I was writing about Zach, um, and a lot of people say they got emotional when they were, you know, reading it, and I was, I got emotional. You got emotional. I mean, writing it on, writing it on, just writing that book, as I was writing that chapter, just streaming with tears, no one could see it, and then trying to read it, like Rex and I had to go in a, in a, in a room with a, a studio and you know close the door and just read you know basically read the book that's what the audio book is i think it's i think it's different that rex and i did our own audio book than hiring a you know paying a guy five thousand dollars that i have a voice like this and this is how the book is gonna sound and nothing wrong with that no it think, sounded a lot better probably and i think that there's some great voice talent out there that do that do this for a living and they could do a great job with it but i think with us reading it um you know again reading that last chapter with zach what he went through and you know i'm just like it, it took me a long time to get through that uh, I haven't listened to the audiobook, so I have no idea what they edited or how how it even sounds. But um, that that was the other part that people that have read or listened to the book say that um, they felt the emotion. And I'm as a writer, I feel like I want people to feel the emotion that I'm feeling when I'm writing. I think that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I I found a couple times already where I started to get emotional, so I stopped the recording. So I'm just so I could get it together enough to continue talking. But then when I came back, obviously I'm not as emotional as I was when I broke. So people have to deal with with some of that. But according to Lisa, who has listened to it all, yeah, we were both making her cry when we got emotional. So Uh-oh. um I won't say mission accomplished. We weren't trying to do that. That's just no. that's just the way it was. It was it was tough to get through some of those. But we hope the book is beneficial for everyone. It certainly has been for us, and we have y'all to thank for that. So we thought this podcast would be a little bit, maybe there is some behind the scenes you hadn't heard. We hope there's a little bit of something in there, but it's mostly just a big thank you to the optimists that have been such a part of this. Yeah, they've been great with uh, the comments about the book. Um, and everybody who's went on Amazon and left us a review that they really enjoyed the book. Those are all great things. We appreciate all of that. Um, and then with the audio book, I mean, it just got released. So we'll see, you know, who wants an audio book to listen to it. You know, I don't know if I would get the audio book if I've already bought the paperback and read it. <laughs> but, but some people have done that. So I think that's fantastic, too. We love that. We're obviously not good at marketing our book. And so, as Granny said, who am I to tell you not to buy our book? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but yeah, we're, we we uh, hopefully it's something that you, if you haven't bought the book or or read it or listened to it, um, if you do take that chance to do it, we hope that it at least 
let you in on our lives a little bit about the behind the scenes of how we felt, what we thought was going on, and then also just relating just to regular you know, decision-making as well and things that you do in your own life. Rex always is a great person to bring out those things, natural laws that we all have to live by. Nobody gets away from natural law or your own conscience. And, and you know, so I think adding those elements to Lori and Chad's situation really helped me um, get a different perspective on the craziness because it's hard to digest the craziness. Yeah, we hope that's a um, welcome perspective or a new perspective on timeless principles. All right. Well, uh, are we done, Rex? Oh, we're done. Okay. Well, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Enjoy the book. And we'll see you on a live coming up.